When considering your dreams and aspirations, are you accomplishing all that is in your heart to accomplish? Or do you feel like there's a lot that still remains deep inside of you? Well, tonight I want to speak on week three of this series, Unlock Your Potential. Unlock your potential. Jesus, we love you. We are grateful for every person, man, woman, and child, children downstairs, youth downstairs, adults up here, people watching online. Keep your hand of protection on those traveling and who've been blessed to have family and resources to go visit people, Lord. Keep your hand on them. And Lord, we look forward to getting back together. But tonight, I pray, speak through me, Lord Jesus, and talk to every one of us about unlocking the potential that you have given us. In your name we pray, amen. The word potential denotes the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. Now, it's qualities that it, it is qualities that you have yet to be fully realized or fully entirely conceived. See, the, think about an artist, all right? Somebody that looks at, no doubt some of you, how many would, would you consider yourself an artist in some way, shape, or form? One, two, come on, come, don't be like humble, like raise your hand, I, I think I'm an artist. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, okay, we got a good, good number of people here. If you're watching online, tell us, say, I'm an artist, all right? Artists can be in music and painting and sculpting and whatever, okay? I, I think that when you paint cars, that's an art, okay? There's just, there's art to, to various things. Um, I think that you, people that work in furniture and refinish furniture, that's an art, it's, it's, it's great. But when you think about an artist, an artist can see things before they exist. So an artist can look at this, just this plain white piece of paper and be like, you know what, if I begin to, to paint that or to draw that, I, I, can, I can foresee something beautiful. And for me, I'm like, hey, I, if I can get a stick band on there and you know what that is, all right. I mean, like, I, it, we had a department head meeting, and I drew something, and it was awesome. I actually got my partner to guess the question, guess the answer based on my drawing before everyone else. I wish I had that picture right now because you'd be so impressed with this amazing scribble scratch that somehow whoever guessed that we were in tune, okay? But most of us have probably heard the name Michelangelo, some of you because of the renaissance artists, some of you because you have children and some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm talking about the former, not the latter, okay? So I'm talking about the Italian renaissance painter and sculptor, Michelangelo, get this, attempted to carve 44 statues during his life. Guess how many he finished? 14. Started 44 and finished 14. Although we're familiar with some of his work, maybe you know the Statue of David. That's a pretty famous one. Uh, the 30 he did not finish intrigues me. One is a huge chunk of marble from which he only sculpted an elbow. Another shows a leg, a thigh, a knee, and a foot, and toes. So you just... And the rest of the body is locked inside of marble. I mean, at what point are you just working? You got the, the thigh and the leg and the knee and the toes. And you're just like, man, that doesn't look like a good leg. I'm done. 
And then it's not like you, like, you know, like an, an artist on paper, you crumple it up and walk it out to the garbage. Like, what do you do with that? That massive, I don't even know, you know, like, that, that's amazing. So if it's one thing to have potential, but it's a whole other thing to unlock that potential. You see, I preached a message once when I was, man, this is probably one of my first eight messages I preached, entitled, Potential Means Nothing. Because really, we can sit here and discuss for the next several years about the potential that we as a church have. We don't ever do anything with the potential. I mean, like, we could sit here and talk about how the Kansas City Royals have potential to win another World Series. Like, season ticket holders don't care about the potential. It gets people excited for the first couple weeks, but then when you get to the field, are you winning or losing? Like, that's all I want to know. You know? That's why people are, and, and guess what? People are into that because you can get, when someone wins a World Series, season tickets are, pew, when somebody maybe doesn't do as well, you can get season tickets a lot cheaper, okay? Because potential doesn't mean anything. It, rema it remains an unsculpted piece of stone or marble. It doesn't matter what the vision of the artist is until it's made into reality. And so perception is defined as the ability to see, hear, or become aware of something through the senses. Unfortunately, though, perception is not always accurate. I hear people say, I, I perceive that that person was trying to be rude to me. Yeah, your perception might be wrong. It might be off. And so we treat our perceptions as 100% reality when really it's not always right. And so an array of factors can influence one's perception. We often base our potential, your personal potential, we, we base that on the perception that others might have of us. It's not a good thing. You see, because it's a dangerous way of viewing your potential. Others should never dictate your potential. Like, hey, what do you guys think of me? Well, this is what I think. Well, then I can't ever be more than that because you only think of me at this level. That should not be what dictates the way you view yourself. Our potential should be determined by God and our alignment with his plan and his purpose in our lives. See, 10 Israelite spies limited their potential based on their perception of themselves. Numbers 13 tells us about it. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to, Aaron, to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. And they reported to the whole community what they had seen, all the fruit that they'd taken from the land. And this was their report to Moses. And we get this account. It says, we entered the land you sent us to explore. It's indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces, obviously pulling out this example. And so he says, this is, this, this is their report to Moses. He says, it's a land, it's, look at this fruit, check it out. Probably holds up this big cluster of grapes, right? But the people living there, they're, they're powerful. And their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants here, the descendants of Anak, and the Amalekites live in the Gev, and the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the, the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. And, but Caleb, one of the people that was there, tried to quiet the people, and he stood before Moses. And in spite of all of this diatribe, all, all of this that just got done, Caleb's like, all right. Probably interrupted him because he's like, I'm sick and tired of what this guy's saying. 
He's like, let's go right now. Let's go take the land. We'll, we'll conquer all of it. But the other men who explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. That drives me crazy. I'll tell you what. When I go with my, our, our teams, especially my kids, I, I, I got to talk to your kids nicer than my kids, okay? But when we go to quizzing, and my kids sometimes will be, be beat before they get to the quiz board. Drives me nuts, like wild, crazy, okay? To me, if, if Brother Chris says, I'm going to play you one-on-one, -on -one, in my brain, I'm going to be like, I'm going to take him. I don't care. If it, I, I'm, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to take him. Now, you might say, that's, that's foolish. It might be, but at least I'm going to try. And so, so that's why I tease my kids. I'll turn on this Toby Mac song about, if I go down, I'm going to go down swinging. If I go down... I'm not a rapper. Anyway, so I'll play that for him. I'm like, listen, if you're going to lose, don't lose before you start pushing the buzzer. I mean, like, walk up there and look at him, even if, it's, even if your knees are knocking. Just smile. I'm like, Shh, you're going down. But with a good Christian attitude. The Lord has brought me a long way from my competitiveness, I want you to know. It used to be much worse. Of course, no, because to me, it, it really is, and I know I'm making a joke, but if they lose, I'm going to hug them and be fine with it. I just don't want them to lose before the match starts. They lose, hey, you guys did your best, it was great, you guys tried, it was awesome. Yeah, but I missed three questions. Who cares? You play basketball, I missed seven shots. I missed the game winner. At least you took it. I just don't want to be on a team where somebody dribbles out the ball and goes, I was scared to shoot. Oh, now that one will drive me crazy. At least shoot the ball. You miss, you miss. At least you took the shot. I'm going to go down. I'm going to go down swinging. So they spread this bad report. They, they didn't even go to the battle. They were already defeated in their brain. They, they, they didn't even pick up the sword and head that way. They didn't even start marching. They were already beat before they left. <laughs> so the land they travel into, it's going to devour anyone who goes there. And the people we saw, they're huge. Man, how often do we look at the problem rather than the God of the problem? <laughs> so 33 says, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And he says, next to them, God, what are you calling me to be? No, no, no. Next to them, we were like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. So obviously, they, they interacted with them at some point. Maybe the enemy looked at him and was like, Pfft. Like I said, kind of like when Chris does when I come into the lane on him. Ha! <laughs> 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 and so then they went back and was like, we're little and they're big. And I could even tell they thought that we were little. And so we can't even go. And that whole generation never got to taste the promise. All the things that God let them see that they could have had.
They never got there because their potential was dictated by someone else. How often are you sitting on a pew doing nothing? Maybe you're doing something, but you're not reaching your God-given potential because someone else didn't see something in you. God forbid that you're missing out on an incredible promise because someone along your way said, you're just little. You don't have anything to offer. If you compare yourself and your potential to those around you, you're never going to be what God calls you to be. Because he doesn't view your potential in comparison to those surrounding you. In very few times in your life, Christian or not, spirit-filled or not, it's a reality. Very few times in your life are you going to come across a person or people that are genuinely thrilled when you start being elevated and used and doing more than they are. That's what we all should be. Okay? I want to lead us into this next facility and be the pastor of this church. I want, but whoever comes after me, I pray that they lead you into greater things than I ever will ever do or see, whoever that person is. Why? Because otherwise we start to think it's our kingdom instead of God's kingdom, which we're going to talk about a little bit next, next week as we wrap this series up. But God, he, he doesn't view your potential in comparison to what other people think about you. Nor is your potential based on, on even, even what you think. He, he has potential. He looks at you and says, I put something in you. Will you let me develop that and make you the person I want you to be? You see, later in the Old Testament, the prophet Samuel heads to Jesse's house. And he says, you're going to anoint a king. And so he heads to Jesse's house. And many of you might know this story. Samuel starts looking at David's brothers. Ooh, he's... That guy's ripped. He might be a good, be a good king. That guy's really tall. That guy's, they, they always put emphasis on height, I guess, there. I don't know. But that guy's tall. That guy's talented. Oh, that guy, he seems like he's a good leader. He's got a good, strong voice. And he's going through the, the whole list. And, and then the story even seems to suggest that he says, well, do you have any other sons? Because God didn't give him a release to anoint the, and Jesse's going, yeah, I got one. He's a shepherd in the field. And, and, and even as you read the story, it almost insinuates that Samuel and, and Jesse, his own dad, didn't really even buy into him. First Samuel 16, 7, the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height. Why does God have to say that? Because even the man of God probably was going, this shepherd's going to be the king. His dad didn't even bring him to see Samuel. So for those of you that come from families that your family never really believed that you were anything special, that hurts, but it doesn't have to limit your potential. He says, the Lord doesn't see the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so he tells Samuel, I see things humankind can't see. And, and this is crucial for us to remember because God's calling each of you to be and do great things for his kingdom. And so, I believe this account is here to remind us that the potential is found in God and His views on us. You know, your parents might not have seen much, your friends might not have seen much, but if God sees something, then I can be great for Him. You see, there's so much more to your life than what others see, and there's 
much more even to your life than what you see right now. It's if we are to fully realize our potential, we must not allow people's perceptions to govern our lives. Perhaps you don't fully understand your potential. Or perhaps you have dreams and aspirations, but there's, you're like, oh, there's only a slight chance I'm ever. You might be sitting here going, how could I? I don't have the ability, the talent, the connections. I'll be honest with you. I remember growing up and visiting. I came from a, a large church, and so we would have incredible speakers. I mean, like cream of the crop. We had 1,500 people, and so we'd have conferences and speakers and pastors, and, 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 and these people would come in, and, and then they would bring their son, then their son would be preaching, and then this person would be elected into this position, and I was like, man, how am I going to go from this tiny little school where I graduated this private school with 20 people into doing anything for God. Like, I don't, my dad is not a minister. My dad was a great Bible study teacher, never held a license with the UPC, was never interested in pastoring a church. And so I, at times, was like, how am I ever going to be what God wants me to be? I don't have the connections. I don't have the, the bloodline. Just being real. But you see, although I love the leadership of the United Pentecostal Church International, they are not the ones who rise up and sit down. Even when you're elected into a position in a section, a district, nationally, if we really believe that God leads all things, Scripture tells us the Lord rises up and sits down. And so, you see, although I love that, I know that there is definitely organizational authority in the Bible that's biblical, but God is in charge of promotion. That's why Psalm 75 says, it is God alone who judges. He decides who rises and falls. And so many of us will say we trust God, but then we seriously doubt whether or not he can promote without connection. Can God really do this? I mean, I'm just this, or I'm here. I don't have that. We look at somebody doing something. Well, that's because they have this connection. They've done this. They come from this background. Listen, if you say, God, I know that you are the one that rises up and sits down, and I'm just going to keep you as the primary focus of my life, and I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep doing everything you do. Why? Because the person who wants the position is usually not right for the position anyway. And so the story of creation, it's interesting because it offers so many insights into uncovering your potential. You wouldn't think that in the story of creation, but let me explain. All through the first chapter of Genesis, God said and things happen. God said, boom, happen. God said, boom, happen. God said, boom, happen. He was creating something out of nothing. He spoke things into existence. But in verse 11, there's a, there's a slight but significant shift. Genesis 1.11 says, God said, read it with me. Let the earth bring forth grass the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. We've probably read that many times. Don't think twice about it. But this time, God spoke something in the earth. And it was out of the earth that he brought forth plants and trees. 
Then in verse 20, he does it again. Genesis 1.20, God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that might fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And yet again in verse 24, God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, the beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. So God starts by speaking things into existence out of nothing. But then he speaks things into existence out of something. Did you catch that? Verse 11, he says, let the earth bring forth. Verse 20, he says, let the waters bring forth. Verse 24, he says, let the earth bring forth. Thus, we find a pattern. Much of creation came from a substance. From the substance, such as water and earth, came animals and plants and trees of all type. And God wanted to create something. He spoke, when he wanted to create something, he spoke to the substance and said, let the substance bring forth. Now, we, rightly, we can rightly say that God, whatever God spoke to, whether the ground or the waters, the substance he addressed became the source from which the created thing came. Okay, so follow me on that. So the substance he addressed became the source from where the created thing came. The point is an essential key to unlocking your potential tonight. The substance from which a living thing is created sets the parameters of the living thing's potential. Let me explain. Since plants and trees came from the earth, plants and trees are dependent on the earth to survive. Since if you remove a plant or tree, if I say, you know what, I don't like this. I have a tree planted back in September. If I say, you know what, I'm going to just pop this out of the ground and just throw it to the side and we'll see how it looks next, next spring. The thing's going to be dead. Its potential is never higher than its source. Likewise, animals came from the earth. Once animals die, they return to the earth. The earth provides nourishment and nutrition for the animals. Again, source determines potential. If you remove the created thing from its origin, the created thing will perish. If we take an animal and say, you know what, sometimes you ever watch one of those YouTube videos or their National Geographic where you watch it and things sneak up and you're like, no, no, it's the, it's the order of the earth. And if we say, I don't want that big mean cat to kill any more animals, that's going to die. Because the, the source, it's, it, needs, it must stay connected to the source to thrive. Now that we establish that. Here's the next part. God did not speak to the earth when creating a man. 26 says, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. Yeah, but that was just Adam. Notice it said, let them. Adam, Eve, humanity eventually. I mean, not at this one moment, but there's a, there's a long-term plan. Over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, cattle, earth, every creeping thing upon the earth. When God creates man, he speaks to himself, to deity. He does not speak to the earth. Why? Because the earth is not man's source. 
our limitations are not established by the earth. God is our source. You see, therefore, nothing on earth determines my potential. Man's potential is found in God. God is our source. Perhaps you're thinking, wait a second, hang on. Because we got, we got, I know those, we got, I got to dot my I's and cross my T's because you're smart people. Wait, man came from the dust of the earth. And you're like, I gotcha. Man's flesh, meaning the house for the human spirit and soul. That came from the dust of the earth. And that's why when we die, we return to the earth, that body. Like plants and trees and fish and mammals, human flesh is dependent upon its source to survive. I need that filet mignon to survive. Life is in the blood, just remember that. Those of you who eat that well-done meat. If a man's flesh is to live, he must partake of that which comes from the earth. If his flesh is removed from its source, it will surely die. But the flesh of man is only the house of man. Man's essence does not come from the earth. God spoke to himself, and the man was made in the image of God. Hence, the earth and that which is in the earth does not limit my potential. My potential is found in God alone. You see, you might be thinking, well, well what about my family of origin? Didn't I come from my parents? Not exactly. You came through your parents. You did not come from your parents. This is significant because who you came through does not determine your potential. Who you came from does determine your potential. And so those of you that say, I was raised in a home and this, and my parents were absent, I didn't even know my dad, I didn't know my mom. They beat me, they, they molested me, they never saw anything. Me, the, I hate that for you. But your upbringing, or lack thereof, if you have that, does not determine yeah, but I'll never be anything because I was raised in this environment. Yeah, but that is not your source. Your parents might be beautiful people, maybe others not so beautiful, but that doesn't decide your potential. God is the only one that decides your potential because he is our source. And so God's plan for your life supersedes anything your parents may or may not have had for you. Jeremiah 1.5, he looked at Jeremiah, he says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. He says, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. David, I called you to be a king, the apple of my eye, a man after God's own heart. I called you to be that even if your dad looked at you and said, that kid is going to be the king? Yes, 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 because what you think about him is not what I think about him. I'm his source, and so I alone determine his potential. Before any human saw or did not see potential, God placed that inherent potential in us in the womb. 
And so your family of origin does not limit you. Your family tree does not determine your potential or dictate your future. You serve a God who is capable of developing you into anything that you have faith enough to allow him to do. Yeah, but I've served God a long time. I got spirit filled back in that 1982. I was baptized in 1974. I came in in 2001. Listen, it does not matter if you today can sit here on a Wednesday night before Christmas and say, hold it. I somewhere have built a wall of what I allowed God to do and not do in my life because of something someone said to me along the way. Knock the wall down. I am going to walk into 2022 going, God, what is it that you you can do with a willing vessel in 2022. If I ne- if I had a totally fresh start and I didn't and I didn't file away anything anybody's ever said to me, either positive or negative, but just saying, God, who are you calling me to be? What are you calling me to do? What could we be in 2022 if we walk into the year like that? Because how you view yourself is how you will live. We're just grasshoppers. We're just little. And they're big. And nobody, they don't even see anything in me. So that's how you're going to live? Yes. Someone else is like, no, we don't have to live like that. Notice the greater number. The greater number. Always, you're going to find the, the larger numbers. The bigger the crowd is in the group that goes with what people think about them. There were two that said, I don't care what they think about me. We got God on our side. We'll take them in every city along the way. Let's go. And the other ten, no, we're little. They're big. And they even think we're little. And those ten never saw the promise. But God kept two alive. And he said, do you think that's an accident? No way. Fine. We'll get you out of the way because you're a hindrance. And you won't allow me to do what I want to do. But these two I'm going to keep alive. And guess what? One day you're going to walk into a land of promise. And I'm going to give you land for your people and your family and your tribe and, and, and you're going you're gonna to inhabit the promise that I have always intended for my people to have but they couldn't get there initially because they viewed themselves like grasshoppers what are you going to miss out on maybe instead of the positive what are you determined to miss out on in 2022 Because you just don't see yourself as much. Man. I don't want that to be me. If I serve this big God who can part the Red Sea and the Jordan River and knock down the walls of Jericho. I know that he can do supernatural things in my life. I'm not saying I am mighty and powerful and smart and intelligent and good looking and all this stuff. But I'm a willing vessel. And he's supernatural and powerful. And if he put his spirit in me, then maybe, just maybe, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so I'm 
if I go down, I'm going to go down swinging. I wonder if Brother Toby Mack knew I was quoting him tonight. You will either know who you are in God and go possess the promise that you're going to let other people dictate your potential. And you'll stop short of the promise. As you stand to your feet tonight. I just, I just want to know who tonight is like, you know what? I'm a warrior. I'm going to go take the land. And how many people are like, I'm just a grasshopper. I'm a grasshopper in my sight. Notice, he didn't say I'm a grasshopper in God's sight. I'm a grasshopper in my sight. Why? Because they, they I look at myself, I'm little. They look at me like I'm little. And so I just, I'm never going to be anything like God. I just want to wrap up tonight by asking some people, who could find a place to pray tonight before you leave for Christmas? And just simply pray this prayer. God, help me to see myself the way you see me. Because if you're looking at what God can do through you and you're saying, well, it's based on my potential, your potential is not found in your ability. It's not found in your skill set. It's not found in your family lineage. It's not found in your name. It's not found in any of that. It's found in the God that took on flesh came to this earth to be born in a manger so he could be raised, have humanity and walk in flesh and blood and pay a price on a cross that I was supposed to pay so that he could ascend into heaven and then come and say I'm going to put my spirit within you so that there I am, you will be, there you are that's where I'll be also, we'll be together forever to the end of the world because ultimately I have a place called heaven where we're going to spend eternity together but in between now and then, I want to empower you with my very own spirit. And if that's not enough for you to say, yeah, but here's who I am. God's going, I took on flesh. I died for you. I paid the price for you, and I put my own spirit inside of you, and you're going to tell me what you can't do? That's kind of a slap in my face, because let's not talk about your spirit. Let's talk about my spirit, and my spirit's in you, so guess what? You can cast out devils. You can command the sick to be healed. You can walk in authority and anointing. You can speak the things. You can drink deadly things and they won't hurt you. God tried to prepare his people to know you are who, you have an incredible future because of who I am, not because of who you are. And so I think that we have to say, God, I am who I am because of who you are. And so when we find a place to pray here in just a moment, we have to say, God, help me to see who I, to see myself the way you see me. And then to remember who you are. So that my potential is not found in the earth, it's found in the source. And you are my source. And when the source is the Holy Spirit of God, guess what? There's nothing that I can't do or be because of His Spirit that He's put inside of me.
Church, I think we got to find a place to pray right now and just examine our outlook as we get ready to go in this upcoming year. And begin to find a place where you're saying, God, help me to see me the way you see me. God, help me to see you. Lord, help me not to limit my potential based on what someone else has said to me or about me. God, I want to be everything that you possibly can have me be by the authority of your spirit and power. Jesus, help us as a church to see that, to get that, to understand that tonight. Father, this is an army of Christ, blood-bought, spirit-filled. Let us see ourselves that way.